unwritten imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas, and we'll give your story a shout-out in a subsequent episode. Our idea generation is 50% faster than the leading competitor. I don't think it is, actually. <laughs> what is our leading competitor? Is like our a... leading... That is the question. We can't say whether this is true or not until we know who we're comparing to. Because, like, if we're comparing to just, you know, things that are good at generating ideas, then no, we're actually much slower than our leading competitor. Um, we're not competing against random idea generators. If we're competing against, you know, other podcasts, like, I don't know. That's hard to say. Probably. It's probably some, yeah. Anyways, this was a, a joke statement. Don't sue us for false advertising. <laughs> oh, I see. That's that's our concern now. The suits, not uh, me, you know, just wanting to be accurate. Super disappointing. Anyway, hi, I'm Atheo, author of uh, Rune and Metagame on Scribble Hub and Royal Road. Uh, and I think if we, if we want a fun fact, I don't have them right now. I'm just, you know, too busy to think straight. Classic. My name's Eunice. I uh, write... Fantasia and Eternosaurus. Uh, today, while I was chopping vegetables, I cut a very thin layer of skin off my thumb, but uh, otherwise unharmed. <laughs> I see, I see. Um, that sounds I really shouldn't unfortunate. be trusted with knives. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. If only I didn't need to eat vegetables. Um... I mean, you can you can eat vegetables without necessarily <laughs> cutting yourself in the process. Like I'm. Uh, you know, you like you say that, but it's been proven to be untrue. <laughs> I see. I see. I guess I could exclusively buy frozen chopped vegetables and eat those. Okay, that would be gross, though. Like, 99% of my injuries occur while chopping carrots. Um, I mean, that's better than your injuries occurring while doing other things, I guess. It's like, if 99% of your injuries occurred while driving, I would have serious questions. Oh, I'm talking about chopping, like, my, my chopping accidents. I'm also not a great driver. <laughs> okay. You know what? We're going to skip over that. All right. <laughs> One day, if I die in an accident, then, uh, yeah, that'll, that'll be unfortunate. But, um, yeah, this week is my turn to bring an idea, and, uh, I thought it would be funny to have some kind of, like, healer slash doctor with, like, our modern worldview on the concept of, of healing people. And then I, I haven't decided if this is a kind of like a reincarnation or transport to another world story or it's just like somebody went to like a different region in the same world with like vastly different culture, but they end up like saving somebody's life. And in that other culture, they have that very strong concept of like life debt. So like if, if somebody saves your life, they kind of own you. But not like in a slavery kind of way. It's just like you're duty bound to just, you know, protect them and repay your debt and that kind of okay. thing. Okay. But the, like the healer person's like, I literally just 
was doing my job. Please go away. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the story. Or that's the beginning of the story. (laughs) I see, I see. Okay. Um... Do the do the healers from the region that they're in now just like have this constant parade of people walking behind them? Like, what's up with that? I would say that the so like there are you know a lot of minor things that healers do. You know, like cold remedies or or stuff like that. Where like the other person's like, no, you didn't save my life, but thanks for the medicine. And, and I would say probably in, in that region, like, medicine is a lot less advanced. So, like, the, the type of thing you can save someone from is, is not nearly as, a, as severe as what the, one of the, you know, the, the healer that is our, our major character is capable of doing. So, like, it was far more common in, in this, like, life debt culture to, like, save somebody's life kind of like in the co- in the context of like violence and battle or like saving them from wild monsters and stuff like that uh but just because like i don't know like for instance if somebody if somebody's coming in with like the the skills of a like a general surgeon and and can actually like save someone from like a major injury that they thought they were going to die from or something like that or like maybe they have antibiotics and you know the person thought they were gonna die of sepsis or something like that. Um, it has to be to that degree. I mean, a lot of people are in a fairly large amount of denial about when they're in sepsis. Yeah, but you know what I mean. I like, it's not like every time you treat someone they start following you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I understand that, but most people who are going to practice some form of medicine are going to do so for a fairly long period of time. Yeah. So do they just rack up these life debts? Like, is that is that normal? I mean, they they might, but I don't think, like, I would say it's not common to, like, be, you know, followed by, like, ten people whose lives you've saved or whatever. Maybe there's sort of a sort of a like rule on it where like if it's the expectation for you to try to save them then it doesn't count as a life debt so like if you're working in a field hospital for um for like a battle um maybe if you save somebody's life there it doesn't count as a life debt it's just like yeah i owe you but it's not it's not as big i don't even know if like this this place would have you know, large-scale battles. Probably, I wouldn't think of a more, like, nomadic or tribal culture, like, with much smaller gatherings and much less, like, overall organization on that scale. I mean, nomadic and tribal aren't exactly exact one-to-one copies of each other. They're kind of very different, actually. Yeah. Um... But you can be both at the same time, it's just... Yes. I'm not imagining, like, a place where they regularly have field hospitals or battles that require field hospitals. <laughs> okay. Um, if we were to go to sort of what you just implied, um, it's still possible that they could be required occasionally for, like... Um, 
essentially show bouts. That's not quite what they were, but they're they're fights where the intent is not necessarily to kill each other, but to show martial superiority in a way that nobody dies. Um, except that sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, somebody might accidentally go too far. And then I think there w- there would be like this. The culture would also have like very strong familial ties. So like they don't have the concept of depth between family members. So like, you know, if your local healer is related to you, which they most likely are, then it would not be considered debt in that same way. That's fairly reasonable, yeah. But yeah, when some rando who has no reason to save you suddenly decides it's their job <laughs> and then saves you while you know that's just culture clash on the most hilarious level <laughs> i mean they don't think it's culture clash they're just like yeah this is what you do and then the the medicine person is like no it's not stop yeah like the the medical person is like no no, no. it's li- i literally swore an oath to help anybody i could and they're like what are you talking about? That only applies to your immediate family. And they're like, what are you like talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I think it would be a great, hilarious story. I think you can um, get some comedy out of it. Uh, I mean, you could make it really deep as well, but I would, I would take it. In the I don't know if you could make it deep without sort of going in the, in the, uh, I guess I would call it like, Really, really the easiest way to say it that I can think of is the I'm 13 and this is deep uh, way where it's like, <laughs> okay, I, I, you have realized what existence is. I'm very happy for you. I mean, you could just treat it as a study of culture or something. But no, yeah, like it wouldn't. I don't trust literally anybody with a study of culture if they're not going to come up with the idea on their own. Well, I, I came up with the idea, so <laughs> I could make it a study of culture. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Um, Whatever. We'll take it in the comedic route because it's more fun and less likely to be ultra cringy which this totally could <laughs> yeah this is one of those ideas where if you do it wrong it's just gonna suck it's gonna cringe um not even cringe like cringe is like oh you're trying and unfailing i guess um i don't really understand the concept of cringe that well but like cringe is somebody trying and failing in like a really over the top kind of way where they think they're succeeding but like this would be more like you know, I, I don't know if it even counts as, counts as failing, because, like, if you don't direct it well enough, you're not even trying to do something good. So it's not cringe, it's just, well, that's sucky. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like you, you've ever personally experienced the cringe, so I don't think you exactly have the definition right, but it could also be a flop, but it could also be... Very cringy. <laughs> I understand, like, sympathetic pain cringe, but not really the cringe that uh, people usually describe. Cringe is like, I am so embarrassed for you on behalf of you because you don't seem to be embarrassed for yourself. <laughs> um, I, I usually find that funny more than embarrassing. Yeah, like, which is why you don't know what cringe is, but 
I know what I've done that's embarrassing, and like you know that doesn't feel great. But like, if they're not embarrassed about it, then they're not embarrassed about it. Um, if they're doing a thing that I that I don't like and they're not embarrassed about it, then it's pretty much just like, oh, well that's sucky, and I'd rather you go away. But I don't get the cringe reaction. Yep, it's because you're weird, which we've established. <laughs> I don't think I'm unique in this. Uh, if you have never experienced cringe, email us to prove Atheo right, although I don't think anybody will. Well, we don't have enough listeners to genuinely, like, make that a But also, a thing. you're weird, and stop trying to deny it. <laughs> I'm not trying to deny it, yeah, I'm just saying are. that I'm not unique. I'm not unique. There's a difference. If you're, like, in the 0.1% of the population, just, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter if there are, like, 10 other people like you or whatever, okay? It's still... Oh, okay. You're still weird. And... Okay. And moving on. Um... From the entire conversation, so let's bring it back to what we're going to do with the primary, uh... Yeah. So, you know, I'll have the healer person consider like call themselves a doctor because that's what that's what their job is whereas like in in the other language or of of the other person there is no there is no word for doctor they're just all healers but it's like they're different <laughs> in terms of the way they see their job and uh the actual knowledge they possess well i mean you can change what a word means. So I would think that, like, I mean, the person themselves might go through the sort of, oh yeah, I'm a doctor, and your language doesn't have a word for that. But that's, um, what's that word? Self-important and stupid? Um, because you can say, yeah, I'm a healer, but I do it differently than everybody else. And that's enough. And if you convince people to go about it your way, then the meaning of the word will fundamentally change uh, before, you know, they're going to adopt a new word for something that's very much like the other thing. Uh, I don't think it's, like, self-important. That's how language development works. Like, I hate to, I hate to say it, but... Like, I would never call myself a healer. I would call myself a doctor if I were a doctor because it, it sounds pretentious to call yourself a healer if you're a doctor, in my opinion. Um, yes. That is definitely a distinction I would make. <laughs> yeah, I'm not denying that from like a modern yeah. perspective of the English language. It sounds a little pretentious to call yourself a healer or like, or not even necessarily pretentious, but like. You might not be somebody who even has the ability to be a doctor. You just, you know, you're selling alternative medicine, so you call yourself a healer. Um, and I understand the implications, but I also understand that the way language and understanding works, they would, they might call themselves a doctor, but everyone else would say, you're a special healer, shut up. Sure, but the doctor would continue to make that distinction. Yeah, but after a certain point, that just sort of gets to the point where it's like, oh, oh, okay, you're just gonna, you're just gonna stay on this. I guess you want to be special. 
uh, I mean, you're not, you don't have to make it a big deal throughout the story for the doctor to call themselves a doctor. They could just refer to themselves as a doctor for the full yeah. story and then not argue when other people call them a healer. That is something that they would like they do. might correct somebody like once or twice or every t- or once every time they meet but like no more than that and it's no not really an issue especially if they don't like get mad about it or anything if it's just like oh so you're the healer i've been hearing about doctor okay and then they just keep saying healer and like if they do that it's kind of fine because like it's obviously incorrect a little bit and it sort of gives the wrong impression but it's also you know, not exactly sensible to go around making a huge deal out of what is essentially a word choice. Yeah, I never said that they were going to make a huge deal out of it. I know, but like... We've spent way too much time on this issue. Okay. I have read stories where something similar was introduced where it's like oh i call myself a a doctor not a healer and then they just harp on and on and on and on about it and then they make it like this huge deal and it's really not that's that's the thing to avoid (laughs) okay i'm not disagreeing with that stop reading crappy writing can we move on (laughs) sure i don't actually read that much crappy writing yeah, you do. Ah, <laughs> uh, comparatively. You read a lot of you read a lot, and you also read a lot of crap. <laughs> See, but that's part of the whole ninety-nine percent of everything is crap. Yes, but the percentage of the stuff that you read that is crap is the higher than the percentage of the stuff that I read that is crap. Except, uh, okay. Recently, I've been reading a lot of paranormal romance, so I'm also. F- fairly certain that I read a lot more than you do. Of course you do. You read freaking like 3,000 words per minute. Like... Eh, not quite. <laughs> anyway. Not important. So, I have no idea why our doctor character has come to this area, but we have to have a reason. Could be... Could be an accident. So, so let's decide. Is it like... They got teleported they got summoned to another world they are actually from the same world but they were on some kind of long distance transportation that crashed something like that we need to pick one and go with it i mean if you really wanted to be you know i guess I guess you wouldn't really recognize it, but I could drop you a uh, super cliche answer and then, you know, (laughs) I could have, before I said this, pretended that it was unique, but, you know, uh, you could have them be, like, the doctor from a spaceship that crashed and, like, they're one of very few, if any, survivors, if any others, I mean. So, you know, they just have a fundamentally different view of, of things. Wait... Are we doing aliens? <laughs> well, I mean, in this case, the main character would be the alien. 
I don't know if aliens are necessary to this story. <laughs> I wasn't going to say aliens. I was going to say, like, they land on a planet that's been seeded with humanity, but, like, it's been left to develop on its own. It's a sort of experiment. And then their spaceship was going to check on it, and then crashed. Mm-hmm. Okay. This suddenly turned sci-fi. And if you really want, you could add in magic or whatever, but, you know. Oh, magic and interplanetary travel? Oof. Hey, I'm a big fan of having both of them, you know? Seems unnecessary to me, but sure. Maybe magic is involved in interplanetary travel, okay? Uh, sure. Actually, I don't think I've written a story where there's both of them, but magic is not involved in interplanetary travel. Yeah. So, okay. Okay, let's just go the crash landing route. Up to up to whoever writes this, if you want to make it interplanetary travel or just within a planet travel. Uh, so this 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 stuff. If there's enough travel to get over, like, <laughs> I I I I don't really know what to say because like if you have the amount of travel that you would need to crash land in a place that you don't recognize that's not interplanetary then it's likely that you have enough travel to essentially have already wiped out any cultures that are nomadic unless there's something like completely different with the planet. Well, it's not that the more advanced uh, uh, civilization couldn't take it over, but it's like they probably never felt the need to because it's... uh, you know, low resource, harsh environment without valuable minerals and is also overrun with monsters. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it supports like a small amount of people, but it's like not worth like conquering or anything. I mean, looking at humanity over the past uh, couple of thousand years, I'm not sure that not worth conquering really... Um, registers in everybody's mind well like even now there are still like tribal cultures in remote parts of the world and yeah like the land has been like officially i don't know claimed by countries there aren't a whole lot of nomadic cultures left though they don't have to be nomadic okay but anyway like still Assuming this place is, like, overrun with monsters where you, you, it's not a good idea to make permanent camp. I think it would be a reasonable place where... It's because of the sandworms. Sandworms. <laughs> yeah. They take forever to find their prey, but when they find their prey, they eat a chunk of land the size of a house. <laughs> it's really bad for cities. Yeah, so you gotta constantly... Uh, read the vibrations on the sand and picture tents accordingly. Not be where the sandworms are. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Our our doctor character has no idea how to survive in, you know, sandworm infested world and uh, needs to rely on the person that they've saved but also, like, feels very uncomfortable with the whole... It's like, I saved your life once. What are we on now? Five? Yeah, like, the... the, the Yeah, the doctor's like, 
So how many times do you have to save my life before we call it even? And then <laughs> the other person's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. <laughs> you misunderstand. <laughs> Regardless of how many times I save your life without you saving my life, my life wouldn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you fundamentally misunderstand this process. Um, it's a one way. <laughs> and the doctor's like, what the hell? Who came up with this stupid yeah, idea? Yeah, like, why? Anyways, uh, so the doctor is probably trying to get out of this sandworm infested wasteland. But, you know, happened to fall. Yeah, that makes sense. Happened to fall, like, right smack dab in the middle of it. So it's quite a journey. <laughs> um, yeah. Must be made on, like, camelback or whatever the equivalent of a camel is in this world. A smaller sandworm. Oh, no. <laughs> but they're called something different. No, no, no. It has, like, maybe, like, a sand snail. You know? Oh, Okay. Um, never mind the fact that anywhere where there's, like, a ton of sand is really bad for a snail. They're not, they're not slimy like, like, uh, snail snails, but they have a shell that, that you can sit on. No, you can sit in. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Selective breeding and there's chairs. Exactly. They're not actually chairs, but they're close enough. You know, you can, you can store a certain amount of stuff in there. Protects you from the sun. It's a, it's a nice, nice place. All right, solid. Um, so uh, they're making their way out, and uh, you know, along the way, like, do we want the doctor to accidentally save a couple more people and just start <laughs> collecting? Or is that too ridiculous? I mean, if we're trying to go the, like, semi-comedy route, that's, I think, the way that we go. Okay. It's just, like, every time they get to, like, a new quote-unquote region, the doctor saves a new person, gets a new life debt, and is like, how pervasive is this life debt thing? It's, it's like, what are what are the chances? Um, and, like, I, I feel like it would be funny, like, as they go through, they start, like, running into, like, different variations of the, like, life debt like for instance uh they managed to cure someone of like a crippling injury and like according to the rules that also counts as a life debt because it totally transformed the person's life even though they weren't dying <laughs> <laughs> and it's not quite as extreme as the other life debts but, but you it's, know, still, it's still there yeah it's still a pretty pretty serious one and you know, like, the doctor was, like, not expecting it, right? Because the doctor's like, well, this person's not dying. I can totally help them and not suddenly gain another follower. <laughs> I feel like it would be a bad way to go about things to be like, look, I don't want another person following me, so I'm not going to save your life. Like, that seems... No, 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 but... Not But, ideal. like, they, they, they'd at least be, like, mentally prepared, like... Okay, <laughs> like I gotta, like like this person's gonna go. Like maybe they'll try and like save people and then sneak off while they're unconscious or something. You know, like strategies like that. Like <laughs> getting more followers. But with the with the crippling injury. I mean, couldn't you, yeah. like, at the at the level of the life that couldn't you like say, hey, I want you to like 
stay here and protect this village for the rest of your life. And that's, that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> um, yeah. And like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that function as paying off the life debt? Just like, please don't follow me and instead do this other thing. Uh, yeah, like, maybe the doctor starts figuring out some of maybe the Maybe they figure that out yeah. after, like, they get four people following them yeah. around, and they're just like, look, I'm, I do need people here to, like, prevent me from dying to sandworms, as it turns but out. Not but not this many. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah, like, maybe, like, uh... The the life debt thing doesn't apply to like children, because um, everyone's expected to help children. They're like, yes, uh, that's that's very fair. And then the the doctor like saves a kid, who's like an orphan, and then manages to get rid of a follower. What is it with you and orphans? <laughs> I love orphans. <laughs> I have actually no experience with orphans in my real life. I don't know, okay? This is probably, like, one of those things where it's, like, romanticized. Like, you know, when people want siblings because they don't have siblings. Um, not that I want orphans, okay? If you have any extra orphans, don't try and voice them off on me. <laughs> um, extras? But, but like, like, they save an orphan, and then they assign one of their followers to take care of the orphan... And they're like, okay, you like as your debt to me, please raise this child, and it. But you know, like in the in this, what do we call this land? Over there, I I don't know. You'd probably have to name it. Like the the sea of sand or whatever, you know. Sea of sand. Something melodramatic like that, you know, because they don't want to uproot the kid from the culture, so it's like see. But if you say Sea of Sand, that implies that the people know what the ocean is. Yeah. So, you know, these people might not. You So they might just call it the dunes. Well, no, 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 no. Because, you know, like 2,000 years ago, the whole area was an ocean, but it dried up because of the <laughs> wrath of the gods. There was a cataclysm. The precursors to the sandworms were fireworms that evaporated all the water. <laughs> So that's why wanna... there are so many creatures that look like sea creatures that then adopted sand. Oh, characters. I see. Yeah. <laughs> look at my world building. Bam. <laughs> sand snails. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, what were we saying? Uh, so that, you know, like manages to like assign them life quests <laughs> that count towards the debt. Life quests of please go away. Yeah. So eventually gets back down to just the original one who's like, you're not getting rid of me so easily. <laughs> um... Well, I mean, I would think that at some point they, the doctor would realize that, like, hey, having a couple of people around is actually not bad because uh, it turns out I still, like, I'm, I have a better grasp on the sandworms, but that doesn't mean I'm great at it. Yeah. 
But like, you know, the, the doctor is trying to return to their country and is like, well, I, like, they don't want to take away these people from their homeland to go to like a really foreign place just, just because, especially. Okay, but you could ask them. It, it turns out that if you ask somebody yeah. a question, they can answer it, including a question like, hey, would you rather stay here or come with me to where I'm going? Well, yeah, but, like... The answer could be, I'd rather go with you to where you're going. No, but the answer is, I must go with you where you're going. No, 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 no. Assume, you can ask the question phrased as, assume that I could assign you to do a task that would require you to stay here. Would you prefer that to following me to where I'm going. Yeah, but the answer is... So it's... it's I'm following you. <laughs> Wherever you're going. <laughs> like, not... Not... The... Like, I feel like the original... Like, based on some kind of obscure subcategory of the rules, the first person is, like, very firmly, like, nope, there shall be no alternative quest there shall there shall be no alternative role i am going to follow you for the rest of your life <laughs> and keep you safe wait you you asked me to guard you and keep you safe and uh those orders were my first orders so they currently override everything no except for a very specific subcategory of order that i'm not going to tell you it's it's not even like it yeah like there it, it feels to the doctor like the the person is just following these rules and doesn't really have a choice in the matter. And it feels creepy to the doctor because there's no concept of life debt in their culture and they just did their usual job. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, that's sort of the, the entire premise. And, um, but but the, the, the doctor would feel very bad to force this person to go to a completely different country and they don't realize that they're not forcing them but they feel like the the ingrained beliefs are forcing them even though they might be happier staying in the sea of sand um yeah i mean sea of sand we're, we're calling it the sea of sand <laughs> deal with it <laughs> the former sea the now sand <laughs> yeah um, but, but the doctor's like, well, I don't want to just live here forever either. I want to go home. Yeah. I mean, so they're, they're on their quest to, uh, get out of sandworm territory. And, you know, uh, I assume that the doctor's native country probably looks down on the people from the Sea of Sand, because they're not as technologically advanced. I mean, theoretically. But, you know, there's... It's not like any of them could live there. Yeah. Because, um. you know, sandworms. <laughs> Among other issues, but yeah. Uh, but, uh, okay, so they go along. And, you know, I, I assume there's, like, multiple countries between the Sea of Sand and where the Doctor lives and probably but i feel like as soon as they got out of 
sandworm territory, they may be able to find easier transportation. Okay. If not easy, then easier. So then, you know, you have the hilarious part of the of the doctor trying to adjust to not being eaten by sandworms, and then you have the part of the story where you've got this, I assume, some kind of warrior. Uh, not really a warrior. It's just that, like, everybody who lives in the Sea of Sand... Somebody who's used to living in a sandworm Yeah, territory. like, they all have uh, fighting abilities developed through not getting eaten by the sand creatures. It's been six hours. Time to move. <laughs> so, not exactly a warrior, but, you know, proficient with uh, bladed weapon and also blunt weapons. And also unarmed. <laughs> Not a fighter, but a ranger. And, and yeah, and can read the stars and the sand vibrations. And that's, that's a ranger, yeah. yeah. Uh, and now adjusting to, like, urban life. <laughs> Which is, you know, crowded and noisy and sandless. Solid ground. And the vibrations are cars, not sand cars. And, and uh, dealing with, like... Uh, boat travel, <laughs> and oh yeah, and, and uh, you know, large bodies of water, swimming, all these challenges. <laughs> oh yeah, so you could have fun with that, just like uh, walking through the new area, and uh. you know, gradually, kind of learning each other's culture and finding a happy middle ground that's not too creepy in terms of their relationship yay and eventually coming to travel between the two places fairly regularly and then you just call it a happy ending opening up new a new era of trade and development collaboration and yeah (laughs) and you know if I were writing it, it would turn into a romance, but you'd find that creepy. That, I, I'm not comfortable <laughs> with literally any romance in a situation where there are life debt situations. Yeah. Um, but that's, yeah. Like, I just, that's, no. There's no way to make that not gross. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, my whole spiel is like taking a really problematic power dynamic and, and, and turning it into a romance, isn't it? That's my entire thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've... I have, in the past, taken, like, power dynamics that would usually be gross and then, like, twisted them a little bit so that they're not gross to me. Mm. Um, but, like, this one's too far. I can't twist <laughs> it. No, what I do is I take power dynamics that are straight up not okay and then based on the the character's actual personality and not taking advantage of the power dynamic make it like almost okay if like you squint sideways and don't think too hard about it <laughs> if you don't think too hard yeah that's a that's a big one um anyways i mean fantasia's fine <laughs> it's just all the others it's like fine except like I don't even know what to call a power dynamic where, like, you don't- one person doesn't realize the other person is a real person. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a power yeah, dynamic. Yeah, like, I don't issue. even- It's just weird. 
It's just weird. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I, I think actually that makes it more okay, because otherwise it would just be a very high level. And by weird, I mean I, I <laughs> well before I knew about uh, Fantasia, and well, and before I think it was even written, um, I know of a song that's literally about that uh, exact situation. <laughs> a song? Yeah! Where, where somebody thinks somebody else is an NPC, or is it not in a gaming setting? Um... Not an NPC, uh, but a bot. A bot. Yeah. Oh, okay. But, uh... They're not a bot. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Actually. I have no idea who who has the upper hand in in that power dynamic in, in Fantasia. Nobody! It's not a power dynamic! What? Because, for instance, if... If she knew that he was a real player... player then it would have been the whole, like, much higher level player dazzles the newbie with presence and flashy things. Which is problematic. Kind of, but it's not like he went out of his way to be dazzling. He just was like, yeah, let me do this nice thing. I mean, he kind of of went out of his way to, to understate the dazzlingness of the of the presence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that that helps actually, doesn't it? Yes. But that's again me making the the character's personality make the power dynamic less problematic. Okay, this is a yeah. very long tangent that's not very related to the story. I mean it's kinda of related to, you know, the concept of romance, so we can call it, you know, on topic ish. Yeah, so like I don't know. I I don't think the doctor could get through all of these like life-saving scenarios without like developing strong feelings for the other person but they would also understand that it's creepy they can also be platonic feelings Mm, depends on how hot the other person is (laughs) no it doesn't (laughs) yeah it does Do you? Oh man! You know I'm not gonna ask that question because I actually do know the answer, <laughs> and it's not helpful. <laughs> oh man! Um, I was gonna ask a question that was that would be very antagonistic, and then I would get the answer that I don't. There want. you go. <laughs> don't ask. You know my answer is gonna be problematic. Let, let me let me rephrase it. Are you not aware of people? Who have friends that they find attractive, but do not want to date? Mm, I can't speak for other people. I don't really find many people attractive, which is... Uh, that's just me. <laughs> okay, um, in my personal experience, and the experience of people that I have been friends with and dated, you can find somebody attractive without necessarily... Finding them romantically attractive. Mm-hmm. You can also have strong feelings for somebody that are not romantic, nor familial. Mm-hmm. But we all know that if you write this story, the shipping will be there and very strong. Straight people are not okay. <laughs> sometimes you gotta give the readers what they want, and sometimes you can't give them what they want. But the point is, <laughs> even if the, the doctor developed feelings 
which I think they would because, you know, not being eaten by sandworms is very attractive. Again, straight people are not okay. <laughs> We're going to skip over that. But they would be aware of the ethical issue. And also, like, you know, That's they're good. a doctor. They, they know, don't date patients. Definitely the awareness of the ethical issue. They don't date patients. They know, <laughs> they know about, they have professional standards. They don't want to have their license revoked. This is one of those times where finally... We have a healer type character who actually is aware of the ethics of fraternizing and cares about them. <laughs> Remember, this time they care about the ethical yes. issues. Um, but you know, if I were writing this, I'd find my way around it. Like, oh yeah, it's been it's been two years since I last treated you, so it's okay now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, this isn't this isn't psychiatry like we talked about last time. <laughs> yeah, it was just a it was a purely mechanical injury that got stitched up. <laughs> yep, uh, we're gonna call that okay. If it wasn't for the whole life debt thing, it'd be totally fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's sort of. <laughs> sort of sets the whole thing into, into problematic oh, territory. Okay, but yeah, you don't have to make it romantic. Although, I have a feeling if like you find this idea attractive enough to to write, you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you know, this this hypothetical you probably doesn't actually exist. Somebody let us know if you actually write one of our ideas. Yeah, that would be uh, interesting to, to know, even if you use it for, like, a short story or for, like, practice or something. Okay. Um, so I feel like that's the story. Yeah, I feel like that's the story. You know, like, we could always come up with, yeah. like, weird other ways that the, the person uh, saves people's lives and gets way too many followers, but use your imagination. There are plen- yeah. plenty of... Of ways that medical knowledge saves lives on a daily basis. And in this particular case, you have the fun of being able to combine deep sea horror with, you know, high heat horror. And uh, stick that on people and then stick medical knowledge on them too. Yeah. Sneakily educating people is one of the secondary objectives of my writing. (laughs) (laughs) Although I don't, I don't. Um, frankly, yeah. it's entertaining. I don't know do. if it's really sneaky if you just put footnotes, but it's not <laughs> sneaky. Like, but you know, my brand of stealth is in your face. Um, All the subtlety of a firework. But for some reason, <laughs> it still works when I manipulate people blatantly. Uh, yeah. I mean, if people allow themselves to be manipulated, that just it works. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out that if you're not manipulating them to do bad things, most people are open to manipulation. Okay. Yeah, so stick some realistic injuries and uh, treatments in there. And some unrealistic injuries with realistic treatments. And, uh, yeah, you know, heat stroke. Maybe they just, like... Introdu- I can't imagine heat stroke would be common among people who live here. Maybe, maybe like all the doctor has to do is like introduce the concept of like electrolyte solution to these people. 
So he was... Okay, but that assumes that they haven't... I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. That's very aggressive. Um, okay. Maybe... Most cultures that live in an area for a long period of time, like we're assuming here, come up with some solution to every issue that you can think of off the top of your head. They may not realize that it's the solution to a problem because it's just traditional, but they likely have a solution to the problem. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, enough so that the society lives on, but I'm sure, you know, there are a lot of things that kill people prematurely there that modern medicine can help deal with. Oh, absolutely. But like something like an electrolyte solution is Um, are you aware among the levels are you, of things that people often saw. Are you aware of how many people die of dysentery still? Hmm. Yes. So um maybe the doctor helps people treat dysentery. <laughs> okay. The, that was just an example. I'm not saying that like the people. I'm not saying that the culture is like not actually able to survive on its own, but just. Well, yeah, I'm not saying like that. It's specifically just that the doctor is that. just, just a, introducing. If it's an ongoing, yeah, the doctor can definitely introduce minor things. Uh, but the difficulty that I would, yeah, the difficulty that I would sort of warn against in this case is if it's an issue that would affect basically everybody and have extreme effects in some cases then the culture likely has come up with a solution to it even if it's not perfect or if it like happens to be a solution to more than one thing or if it happens to be something that they don't even know is a solution to a problem. Yes, but the traditional solution to things has been have have more children so that if half of them die, you're still okay. Not always, but yeah, that it has So, been, you know, we got yeah. a lot of potential there to collect more life. Improve things. Collect more life yeah. debt. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay. okay. Anyways, um, if you like this story... Uh, write it and email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com and if you want to be a guest on our on our show then guess at unwrittenimaginings.com uh, rate and like us and subscribe and share you know all the things keywords <laughs> yeah follow I guess in Spotify I think I, I don't know and uh, we'll see you next week See you next week.